Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 45 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the good man, DF Joker. Joker, what's crack, brother? What is going on? I mean, I'm tired, but that's because I just had an awful long weekend of, you know, consuming an awful lot of content, PT. That, and I wasn't well while consuming that content, but, you know, I consumed that content, and I was sports entertained. Hot dang. We talked about it last week on the episode, but man, this has been a week. All the regular shows and then some extra stuff. We had Supercard of Honor. We had the impact the with the New Japan multiverse deal. Hall of Fame, like all, and then obviously, of course, the namesake here today, WrestleMania, just lots of stuff to go mm-hmm. through. I was finding it, yeah, just trying to slip it in, NXT stand and deliver, all the deals. There was a lot to consume, you're right. It was very, a little bit overwhelming. Some days mm-hmm. where I was like, oh man, I gotta watch all this stuff, but that notwithstanding, Lots there. Hopefully you folks, much like Joker and I, tried to pace yourselves, stay hydrated, and enjoyed at least a lot of wrestling that happened this past week. You know I didn't pace myself, dude. I just kind of consumed all of what I could, and then was just like, okay, I'm full. I need to move on. There's more stuff going on. I need to keep going. And I was just like, okay, what are the highlights? Give me the cliff notes of, you know, Impact, Ring of Honor. Uh, And, you know, I don't like to watch injury stuff. So, you know, there's there was there was injury reports over the weekend, which I'm just like, no, please don't. And then you got stand and deliver. Watch some of stand and deliver. I was like, ah, super stoked with some of those results. But then you get into WrestleMania, and you're just like, okay, I just have to sit and watch all of it because there was a, there was a tweet that said, you know, surprises, and I am one for surprises. I like surprises. I did complain after Royal Rumble. There wasn't enough surprises. You know, I like I like me some surprises at the big the big show of shows. Somebody needs to go and tell Nick Cam what a surprise is, because I sure as heck didn't see any. There was like no surprises. Like, what does he consider a surprise? The fact that the match happened? Because I can consider one of those things that happened. An unwelcome surprise. There were some returns. There were some surprise matches. There were some things that happened to varying degrees that people could declare or not declare would be surprises. It was a funny tweet I saw where it just said, here comes the money. Four minutes later, there goes the money. Not gonna lie, she and McMahon coming back to WrestleMania was not on my bingo card, but I do not think that I also had him going out within the same segment. So, keep him away. Maybe that was the surprise that we were told. It's like, oh yeah, everybody's gonna love this. Like, no, but really, what's the actual surprise? Yeah. Things happen, things didn't happen. Once again, to varying degrees of People that are either surprised or happy or disappointed. So a lot happened this week. A lot happened on Mania. Hopefully you enjoyed at least some of the show. 
hopefully and we'll see how things go we're gonna get into some of the matches here and just kind of share our general thoughts on some of the more ones that we were interested in and see if you folks agree or disagree with us all right as a reminder you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kayfabe council and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from on this week's episode we look at the fallout from wrestlemania as before mentioned we're going to pick some of the matches we were most excited to see and watch give some general thoughts and then kind of talk about things that we may think may be next for the folks involved so coming up first WrestleMania. Hot diggity daffodils. Another two-night affair. Certainly was a tale of two WrestleManias, some could say, Joker. I think that's mm. a fair, fair statement. With the That is yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. One was definitely stronger than the other. I think that is also a very, very fair statement. With the notion of it going two nights for the last couple of years, it's certainly gonna go up against itself, I think is a Kind of reasonable thing. Some folks might prefer one or the other, but we certainly had some action fill our Saturday and Sunday. The first matchup we're going to get into here is the match that actually opened up WrestleMania. Austin Theory, the U.S. champion, taking on John Cena. This was certainly a very good, honestly, strong opener for night one. Uh, A lot of folks were... Kind of invested, old guard versus new guard type of thing. You know, maybe a young, sort of older mirror match type of deal. We talked about the build in the previous episode, but what were your just kind of general thoughts just watching the match itself, Joker? Fairly safe. Like, there was no big revelations in the match. There was no huge spots. There was no real, you know, outside the box thinking when it came to what John Cena could do. Like, obviously John Cena is not a hundred percent what John Cena used to be in terms of, you know, his ring strength, his ability to go and things like that there. He has been kind of hard with the five moves of Doom. He only has those five moves in his arsenal. We teased those a lot, you know, there was there was a whole bunch of uh, times we got to see the five moves, it was great to see them. You know, bit of nostalgia. I just thought it was a very basic affair. I was more interested in the outcome of this match because I wanted to see what way they were going to go. Like, are they going to? Because y- you can always do the whole take the belt off and give it back to somebody else on the Raw after WrestleMania, or you can do the passing of the torch thing. It's one of those that I want. I was interested in seeing how they went. I didn't really care either way. I was pretty impressed with um, the fact that Austin Theory knew how to handle himself on this grandest stage of them all. Um, I I am a big fan of Theory ever since he has gotten rid of the uh, the selfie, uh, the selfie phone, and you know the whole. <laughs> it it was it was a terrible gimmick. From last year's WrestleMania, the even though he wasn't in a pseudo main event kind of uh, scene with Vince McMahon and uh, and Pat McAfee and all that from last year, he was in a high profile match there. 
this was a high-profile matchup at the beginning, and I like to see that progress because he was very aggressive. He was very interesting to watch as he kind of beat up on John Cena. And yeah, he, he picked up the win. I'm I'm actually okay with that. I'm pretty happy with that. Having a strong uh, mid-card title on this guy makes him pretty valid on uh, the Raw roster. That's a really good observation that you mentioned that Austin Theory looked comfortable or at least didn't look out of place. He looked very confident going into his match during his entrance and for the most part held his own against John. You're right, it was a very kind of safe match. Obviously, these both of these men are not going to go for topes or phoenix splashes off of ladders and things of such, but I gotta say, for John being away, his last match was in December on SmackDown. as a tag match. He moved fairly well. He didn't seem like he was sort of rusty or kind of things like that, which you can have, but obviously... The, the outcome here, like you mentioned, Austin Theory coming away with the championship. I thought it made sense, obviously, like we talked about in the previous episode in the build, the nature of Theory getting a little bit of that rubski from the good brother John Cena. Didn't, I was trying to figure out what, what would have made sense if John won, had he been around for a little bit, maybe had a couple matches and dropped it to somebody else or dropped it back to Theory. Kind of didn't make sense to me. It would have maybe stunted Theory a little bit more, but the fact that he went over John, it was fairly clean. It was one A-town down, and, you know, mentioned, again, clean victory over John, no shenanigans, very sort of decisive. So, yeah, I think it was a really great showing for both men, but for Theory too. And, yeah, I think it's a chance to see him kind of grow a bit from this matchup yeah i mean it's just a, another jumping off point for him like i said it's nice to have this title be built up and um maybe not quite as well as the ic title but it's still been built up and um to have it on theory now with that little bit of the, the torch passing i think that it's uh it's only going to go up from here he's definitely not going to uh He's definitely not going to reinstate the, what's it called, the uh, open challenge from John Cena. But you know, I have been wrong before, so uh, I would like to see. I would like to see Austin Theory kind of do something like that. But mm, that might uh, that might be somewhat tongue in cheek if we're to see any debuts on the Raw after WrestleMania or big storyline swerves. Okay. You said a little bit about maybe continuing the sort of quote-unquote open challenge thing from Theory. Do you see anything coming up from John? Uh, maybe in terms of a next appearance or something like that? I've heard, I've heard rumors of a Peacemaker season two. Like, uh, he can go and do TV. I, honestly, he is, he's fulfilled his, his job role uh, for me. Um, John Cena, like a lot of the old guard, coming in and doing their little spots is is nice to see but we do have these new individuals these new stars that have come through and we have the new individuals who are starting to come through from NXT so i don't see personally anything from john unless it's maybe a a a, a backstage segment or something just saying you know i was wrong 
congratulations, et cetera, et cetera. Because Austin beat him after that burial on the mic a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, we, we might see some backpedaling by one John Chena, but I, I'm interested to see what Raw has tonight. Fair enough. All right. Good, good showing from both men. Excellent. Like you said, jumping off point for Austin Theory going forward. Next matchup here, we're going to look at Father versus Son. Ray Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. This one, gotta say, decent enough build. We were cold on it until they finally, Ray pulled the trigger and accepted the challenge from Dominic himself. Nice little fun nod. Uh, Dominic's entrance coming out in the corrections uh, van there in shackles. And then also with Ray coming out with the Snoop Lowrider, a little uh, nod to Eddie, and then kind of a nice thing. Um, real quick, his mask was a little different this time around. I don't know about you. I got a little bit of kind of Great Muda-esque vibes, kind of, like wave sort of shaped and maybe kind of uh, structured a little bit. But what were your, uh, what were your thoughts kind of on the... Uh, the entrances there, sort of the opening portion of this. I love Dom's entrance. Like, like you had said, you know, the the sort of the sort of entrance that we we were given. Or sorry, let me let me head back a wee bit further. The introduction to this from last week, where we were both really cold on this. It's not as if this story has been very good, in my opinion. It's been killed by Ray. So whenever it was picked up, I immediately went, okay, sweet, we're, we're going to get somewhere then, because Dom Dom has been one of my favorite characters for a while, despite what Ray has been doing to try and, you know, sandbag for him. And you see the vignette that they put out for, you know, for Dom uh, coming in, you know, and uh, coming into the arena. And then he comes out the correctional facilities <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. I was like, these guys know that he's been out of out of the pan for a while, right? So he just obviously using them as a bit of a gimmick. What I liked best about his uh, about his sort of style coming in was the Rey Mysterio Jr. Uh, purple uh, mask that he wore. Uh, he looked amazing in that mask. He like the whole getup. I wouldn't have been mad if the kid kept the mask on and Ray ripped it off him. You know what I mean? Like the match started and, you know, he's taunting him with the mask. on. I wouldn't have been mad at that because Dom looked really good in that mask. I thought it was super good. He was smug, uh, smug hail in this one. Again, from last year where he was, you know, at WrestleMania with his dad tagging. Uh, the progression for this kid has been amazing, and to see this standalone entrance, he definitely kicked it out of the park. The Ray entrance kind of caught me off guard a wee bit. I didn't realize. Like, I think everybody was sort of like, okay, either Dominic is going to steal the lowrider aspect, or Ray is coming out with the lowrider aspect. We, we kind of knew with the Hall of Fame and stuff that one of them was going to reference Eddie. I'm kind of glad it was Ray. 
to see you know to hear the viva la raza just coming out with the with the low rider and just to hear the lie cheat steal and i was just oh, i don't know it, it kind of kicked me in and we 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 bit choked up and i i do see what you mean about the 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 mask that ray was wearing i have no idea the influence i've been i've been trying to find what the influences were about the mask and why the st- sudden change in style it looked almost helmet like and it very comparable to great mudas i was like is that like a great muda thing going on like what what's this all about so it was very weird and i haven't seen any confirmation on what it is uh yet so if anybody knows out there what the inspiration for this was fantastic i know what the inspiration for the gear was because that was in a wwe uh digital exclusive he based it off of his gear for all out which he specifically mentioned by accident (laughs) because he he wore the wolverine style gear for all out pay-per-view and this is based off of that because he said that exact thing he's like this is based off the the all out wolverine thing (laughs) like oh yeah maybe i shouldn't have said that one um but for him i was hoping after he got out of the uh the load rider he was going to get into the the old stool old school uh ray ray catapult and he would have popped up i thought that that would have been the cherry you know on top of everything for the entrances but i mean it was still a hot 9.5 out of 10 uh in terms of uh entrances on the night yeah kudos to both men for having fun entrances there excuse me the found it funny ray's ray's entrance had three entrances it had snoop with the music then it had the the eddie music with the lowrider and then ray was kind of funny so the match itself nice kind of fun storytelling obviously dom just playing up the very much heel character a uh, couple spots that I remember was him just being an absolute jerk and throwing some water in his sister's face. Uh, the Also, the crowd popping huge for Ray, I think, took his belt off and then kind of spanked uh, Dom. So I really appreciated both of these guys leaning into the character, the story work of it, and getting a little bit of that payoff. And I think there might have been a tweet somewhere just saying uh, it might have been from one of the ass boys, but people cheering for uh, a father uh, whooping the uh, behind or the backside of his son. So kudos to both men. I think the play of the night for this particular match was the ref not not throwing the match out for for, uh, interference when his mom slapped him. (laughs) Because she got one of the biggest pops ever just taking that water or whatever was in Aaliyah's cup. I don't know what was in Aaliyah's cup. Could have been something else. Not going to insinuate. Throwing it in her face. She jumps up onto yeah. the onto the barrier, you know, trying to you know, trying to get away and all, uh, or trying to get at her brother just after the fact that, you know, you're being slapped by your mother. Like, buddy, you just been straight up beaten by your mother on TV in front of 70 odd thousand people and every and every single one of them cheered. So it was it was fun. It was definitely one of the it was definitely one of the unexpected highlights of the night. Uh I definitely would not mind seeing uh this run back in the future 
if uh, Ray wants to retire off of this kind of match. Fair enough. So, yeah, kind of fun match. A lot of story. A little bit of Gaga, but it worked out in the end. Um, where do you see kind of these guys going from here? Uh, do you see anything for Ray or Adam going forward? Honestly, it's hard to tell. It's it's a, it's a super weird situation for Ray. He he has been embroiled in this sort of situation, but I maybe see him as sort of bringing up the LWO. Obviously, with the the Latino World Order sort of reforming uh, just before the uh, Hall of Fame on SmackDown last week, we could probably see some Legado del Fantasma work, uh, trying to. Uh, push Santos Escobar. I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, maybe he'll work closer with them. But I, I, as for titles, I don't know. Like I don't know what he wants to pursue. This will come into my point later on. Nothing for him right now in terms of title work for Dom. I can see him maybe taking a little bit of a back seat for a week or two. You know, maybe trying to play up the fact that, you know, he's he's a wee bit beaten by his dad uh, and a wee bit ashamed by it. I wouldn't be mad at that and then for him to come back and just sort of play up and get into whatever storyline the um, the Judgment Day gets into. It's, it's, it's really hard to tell because one person was super successful and the other two weren't. So you kind of look at it as... Where do we go with Judgment Day? Yeah, it's difficult to see. Those are all fair points. Yeah, it could be one of those where there's room for Dom to grow as a performer. I don't think necessarily hurts him that he lost in Mania, but yeah, I could kind of see what he could do kind of going forward. I think that's a fair point. All right, next matchup here. Rhea Ripley taking on the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Gotta say, hard-fought matchup. We'll get into another matchup later on, but geez, this was... These two women just going for broke. Hot dang. Just going for it. Two powerful, strong women. Got some moves. Suplexes. Looked a lot of stiff. I gotta say, this was potentially a candidate for match of the night on night one. What were your uh, what were your impressions of the match? In terms of the build, the match was undersold. In terms of the match, it overdelivered. There is no way a match that was criminally underrated like this. Because of who it was attached to, yes, I'm putting a lot of the blame on Charlotte Flair here. But the fact that we had these two athletes just able to throw each other around and beat the ever-loving tar out of each other, like you said, really put it in, put it for me as one of the highlights of the uh, of the night. Now, there's some people that don't agree and say that you know we'll get we'll get to the match later on. But in the in the tag match, you know they're on super kick number thirty, 
whereas these women are having, you know, an absolute standout banger of a match. I mean, you might have a point, but I'll come back to it later on whenever we're talking about the super kick match. And I think it's just more a case of there was a lot of storytelling to be had from Rhea. Because she just always had to be kicking away and fighting away that figure four, that figure eight, that uh, figure eight, because that's how she lost. If if you're showing that one of these ladies has an unbeatable move that you've always lost to, this is the best thing. Panic, get away, kick her away, punch her away, scrap away, show off the par, and then to finish it all off, which kind of got me, was the great sell by Charlotte when she took that smash to the, uh, the ring post at the top at the very end into the avalanche riptide because there's, if you know, there's something that uh, Kenny Omega has taught us all. It's you want to tease your way into using your big move because it makes your big move that little bit more special. But when you have an avalanche version of your move, it makes it even better. So an avalanche riptide for the win just kind of made real look obscene. Absolutely agree. So good. The I really liked here that just Rhea was working babyface and Charlotte was kind of working heel, which basically if you listen to the crowd response, which was what they went for. A lot of folks were pulling for Rhea and that doesn't discount or put down Charlotte. I think it's just one of those that folks were invested to see Rhea get the win back from Mania in 2020. Uh, folks were just kind of fighting for her. They're, there's just something about her that folks are gravitating towards and just wanted to see her pull out the win. I agree that was really great work and subtle things for Rhea to constantly kick away and, and not get caught in the figure four until very late in the match. And the women, like I mentioned earlier, just were going for broke. A couple of stiff shots. There was that one overhead German suplex where, man, Charlotte landed basically kind of face first. And yeah, so that was very, very rough looking. So kudos. Glad everybody was okay coming out of it. Yeah, that that one ending sequence where they're up on the turnbuckles. Boom, Charlotte takes that shot. Just going basically laid out into that uh, avalanche riptide and pulls out the win. So really just solid match all around everybody was ecstatic Rhea looked so happy there and Charlotte just giving Rhea the moment and just kind of appreciative and, and sort of happy for her on the outside but not kind of going too crazy so I was uh I was good to see Rhea win I'm, I'm gonna, gonna sort of disagree like I love Rhea and I love seeing her happy I just wish I could see all of Rhea be happy not Charlotte just sit there in the corner with her bloodied nose, which obviously she landed face first on that, that German suplex, like you said, was a scary, scary moment. Give me big E levels of of uh PTSD whenever he took that um whenever he took that suplex. So whenever you seen her with her like bloody lip, bloody nose, and she just kind of sat there and she was smiling. Like, why are we looking at the loser right now in the same frame as the winner? Okay, I get it. You want to show that Charlotte is 
you know, resigned to the fact that she lost. Do that on her own time. I don't need you in the shot with the winner right now. It felt to me like WWE was like trying to show us how much of a nice guy that Charlotte was trying to portray. I was like, you realize for the last 20 minutes we were booing her and you're still putting her in frame. She is not a babyface. The person who has been concertoing a man's wife, beating grown men up, you know, absolutely destroying half your men's roster whenever given the chance and intimidating them, might I add, is the babyface. And you are maintaining the fact that she is the bad guy in this. So you want to keep Charlotte in frame. Get a life, voice. I don't mind looking at the loser whenever, you know, you have a wee frame going, oh, well, what's happening? Like, oh, they look okay. And back to the winner. Because end of the match is all about the winner. Everybody loves Aria freaking Ripley. That's a little bit of uh, WWE doing the uh, Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte's still here. A little bit of that Poochie nature over here. <laughs> they, uh, Go back to your home planet, Charlotte. Even though Rhea won. Charlotte, hey, look at Charlotte. Why Charlotte's not on camera? We should be talking about Charlotte. Charlotte's the, a huge champion, 400-time women's world champion. She's still here. She's still important. Charlotte having a little bit of that smile like, I did this. I made Rhea important. I gave her the win. I made her, I gave her the celebration that she should have had, so. Did you though? <laughs> Shut up, Charlotte. <laughs> Go away for another six months. Come back and win the title of someone who, who took it off Rhea. So folks are a little scared that if Charlotte does go away for a number of months. The the moment she comes back around 100%. September, she might end up just winning the championship right away. So begs to be 100%. seen what happens. It's it's yeah. If she goes away when she comes back, her first match is an unnecessary um title shot where she wins and she holds it till mania so she can main event another night one um and then lose to Rhea again probably I don't know congratulations to Rhea on the really just hard fought victory so kudos to her next matchup here intercontinental championship triple threat match Gunther champion taking on Sheamus and Drew McIntyre hot dang was this the epitome of the biggie Big meaty men slapping meat. Oh boy. This was just three guys eating seven shades out of one another. This was a bit of a car wreck, and I had so much fun watching this. I couldn't take my eyes away. They did what they did what I wanted. They got Gunther out of there and then they let the boys just go to town on each other, just absolutely beating each other to with an inch of their lives. I not gonna lie, it's a wee bit annoyed that Seamus didn't get the 30 beats whenever he was beaten on uh when he was beaten on Drew. But I was quite happy that we did get the alternating beat slap beat slap on Gunther. This was a really, really good match. 
And the fact that Sheamus, yet again, which is what we always see in these big chop fest matches, his chest got, you know, beaten red. <laughs> he might need to go some, it just, yeah, he might need to attempt to grow some chest hair like Drew, because maybe that was the only reason he wasn't cut open. But uh, his chest was cut open a little bit. Um, yeah, these boys were just throwing claymores. They were throwing rogue kicks. They, I don't know. Gunther was just like, boys, I don't need anything. I'm just going to chop the life out of you. Um, yeah, it was so much fun. Like, like you said, it was a car wreck, and uh, I couldn't take my eyes off it. So compelling. Just some of the spots, a couple of the spots I remembered at one point, Drew and Sheamus were fighting each other over who was going to hit Gunther in the corner. I just fantastic. The aforementioned one of the alternating beats of the Bowron on Sheamus and then chopping with Drew onto Gunther was fantastic. And then, of course, just that ending sequence uh, it was a bro kick from Shamo. Splash off the top from Gunther, powerbombing Shamo onto Drew, and then powerbombing Drew. Hot dang. These guys were yeah. just another matchup. These guys leaving it all in the ring. And then I thought it was a nice touch, too. Right at the end, the commentators just giving a little standing O and acknowledging, like, man, these guys are just going all in for it. And they left it all in the ring, and the commentators and the crowd were very appreciative for their hard work. Point on the commentators, we did have Titus O'Neil out for this. And I think that one of the best comments he mentioned all night was, I'm going to phone 911. <laughs> we need to phone 911. This man is killing him right now. Just him just trying to phone the police. Just... It made me giggle. I don't know why it made me giggle, but every it's just so terrified. And then they point, they point that I was like, they're fighting so that they can beat Gunther. They were pointing this out. I was like, their prize is Gunther. Like they want to fight over fighting him. And uh, I think uh, Corey and Titus were like, I, I don't want to. I would never do that. You wouldn't catch me doing that. That's not a prize anybody wants. But yeah, the uh, the outcome of this match, um. I think was 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 warranted. Gunther has been nothing if not uh, amazing at being able to elevate this IC title. And I think somebody mentioned it. It's not something that I particularly care about. I don't care about streaks. I don't care about the big numbers. And we'll get into the the numbers uh, a little bit later on. But apparently, the uh, the fans, you know, some some fans are like, could he be? the person to smash Honky Tonk Man's uh, record for holding the IC title. I really don't care. It's Gunther. He should just hold the title, and then, you know, if we're going to continue giving all the titles to one person, whenever he beats Roman, he should just have three belts. Interesting note. We did, even a couple of years back, defeat Demolition's tag team title record. And then with the, with the Uso surpassing the New Day's over acclamation of that. So who knows? It's a strong run from Gunther. Folks are invested in the IC title. Looking forward to those matches just because of the work that the guys are putting in. With that, where do you see these guys going forward? Maybe what's next for Shamo, Drew, or Gunther? Well, 
coming out of kayfabe a little bit. I don't see Drew McIntyre in the Fed very much longer. Apparently his contracts talks, there hasn't been much agreement there. So hard to talk about a man whose contract is currently in limbo. Not sure. Shamo probably going to uh, hang around with the with the brawling brutes for a little bit longer, and then just dive straight back into um, the main event scene. Possibly get he might be reused as a as a sort of credible threat to. Um, to Roman and it somewhere down the line, it could be a thing. I I wouldn't like to see it, uh. But I would like to see him be the one. Maybe get a maybe get a rematch with Gunther, uh, to one on one, and Gunther's streak, for then Gunther to go on ahead into uh, the main event scene, um. And then that would give uh, would give everybody what they want. We would have Gunther push towards the the top titles, and we would have uh, Sheamus with um, with the IC title, which everybody was just loving Sheamus last night. He was getting big pops, and that's you know warms warms my heart to see uh, people enjoying Sheamus again because he's very hit or miss. <laughs> Some people in his early days of the career were like, "Yeah, I don't, I can't stand him because you know." The eight second win over Daniel Bryan and all this here, and the the very terrible King of the Ring gimmick he had, <laughs> crying, it was so bad. But um, yeah, he's he's been hit or miss for some people. He's been hit or miss for me, honestly, for a while. Uh, but these last few years, I've really enjoyed Sheamus, and uh, super happy to see uh, where he goes on. Who could you see just real quick in your brain, first person off the top of your head, could face Gunther next for the IC title? Oh, there's no... Uh, Chad Gable. I would not be mad at that. Actually, I would love to see that. Put, put that, book it, Papa H, Hunter, let's do that. And it's, it's specifically off the back of that rolling German suplex he did on Braun Strowman. Like, that was impressive. And I just need to see. Uh, I just need to see Gunther versus uh, Chad Gable. All right, book it. Let's do it. I'm I'm all for that. Next matchup here: Brood Edge taking on the Demon Finn Balor and Hell in a Cell match. Quick note here: Edge coming out to Slayer. You love to see it. But the coming out with the little Hikaru Shida mask and some bat wings and things as such coming up, popping out of the ramp there. And a nice little touch with the demon coming out with the, the shades of purple. So the homage to the kind of the Judgment Day piece. So real quick, what were your initial thoughts just on the entrances? What was Brood about Brood Edge? <laughs> like He wore red. Oh! Was that different? I'm sorry. I think the only thing that was different about Brood Edge was the fact that it said Brood Edge. I, I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. Alter Bridge. Like, like I don't care for, I don't care about Slayer playing and like, okay, everybody, you know, really liked this little nod and this little section of his entrance. To me, there wasn't enough to warrant it 
Like if they had have just played the uh, played Slayer and called the Brood Edge and had him come out in that fancy white shirt and with the with Gangrel, like if Gangrel was there, or if he was just holding the the cup of blood himself and spit the blood, like you know, I'd have been fine. This would have been a hundred times better already. But the fact that he kind of came out in the the, the sort of disco ball over his head with the the wings, I was like. I must have missed the episodes of Raw back in the day when the brood came to the ring as bats. Like, I must have missed that because the heck. Um, they were yeah. unofficially vampires. Officially, but not unofficially. Oh, no, 100%. I got, I got that they were supposed to be the cool, you know, sort of weird sexy vampire kind of thing but they didn't come out as bats they just came out wearing their their stupid puffy shirts and you know gangrel spit blood for a bit so that's where i got a bit of disconnect i was like okay cool and then then it got kicked in with alter bridge and you know we got edge the ring i was okay with it um the demon entrance i didn't really have too much it, it wasn't really huge pomp and circumstance um i like i liked it for what it was it was just a nice basic demon entrance and he had the the purple uh the purple claw you know the, the purple smoke things um for the flares or whatever they were um i liked it i thought it was pretty good for what it was it didn't you know uh, grand scheme of things it was definitely no ray mysterio maybe about a six out of ten the paint job, specifically like on his back, that clean looking like sort of demon fin face was really solid. Oh, 100%. Like the paint work, whoever does the paint work for the, the demon always knocks it out of the park. And I think that this particular time, amazing. I was thinking like the, the, the threads of purple, the face on the back of Balor on him. It looked really, really good. I can't, I can't fault it like in terms of how he looked, especially with the spiky mohawk and everything. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, the entrance was, was fairly, fairly standard. Then we had the return of the gray, uh, the sort of regular metal Hell in a Cell. A lot of people pop for that. I was never a huge fan of the red uh, Hell in a Cell cage. I thought it was just, just kind of distracting, hard to look through. When we did shots looking through the cage, this was a lot cleaner and easier to see. So really glad that came back. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, it, in my head, it never really made much of a difference. But then whenever everybody was like, oh, but it's so this, that, and the other, it kind of pointed it out. It was like, oh, yeah, I do kind of just sometimes space out and look at the red cage. That's right. Never really kind of popped for me. So I was like, nice. Okay, cool. This will be easier. And in the match, I noticed myself looking at the cage a lot less so i was you know it, it it made sense it was nice it was a nice touch i think it was the the notion of the redness of the red cage kind of distracted your eyes away from whatever was kind of going on as opposed yeah. to sort of the 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 grayer sort of was a more subtle tone that you can kind of like look past and it doesn't draw your eyes as much as a bright red one would yeah, it can fade into the background a little easier than, say, the, the bright of the red. Yeah, I, I get it. I 100% get it. It wasn't something that twigged with my brain initially, and then it was like, well, you know, people prefer it. Like, I don't, It's not going to take too much away until I noticed it took stuff away. 
Yeah, fair play. The guys get into it, and right, kind of the midpoint of the match was the kind of the big spot. Edge throws a ladder, and inadvertently, Finn. So there is a photo. If uh, you're squeamish, do not look at the photo Finn Balor himself shared, but had a really had a big gash. Um, ends up getting that. He gets the medics into the cage. Essentially, they give him uh, what's called just a numbing agent, gave him some staples, but man, good on Finn for being able to just continue. I think it was about another 10 minutes, roughly, something around that ballpark, mm. but he kept going and on with the match, so even including getting on the cage itself onto a little platform, going for a coup de grace, unfortunately missed, but yeah, these guys were just going for it like the the introduction of weapons if i'm not mistaken uh this was probably the one match on the car that really utilized weapons so i'm glad it wasn't sort of an oversaturation of it like when they used it it was like okay cool it felt unique as opposed to like oh the the matches before kept using it or whatever so mm-hmm. definitely added to unique so but with that, yeah, these guys were just going all for it, and whew, hot dang, that glad glad Finn was able to pull through. Yeah, I think for the most part, uh, all matches kind of stuck within their lanes in terms of their rule sets, and uh, yeah, so like on on the screen, like my bald head, in terms of reference of size, that it the gash was about that long ish, and. When you look at it, you go, how did this man do this? Because the ladder came at him, and I thought maybe it had got him in the forehead. You couldn't tell with the, with the paint and stuff. It had got him in the forehead, and that was fine. But it, it rolled on top of his head, and just the, the, the step, I think, gashed his head. It was really, really strange then to hear the crowd boo. Because that's what started to go on. The ref, the ref to the credit, I can't remember who was refereeing, but to their credit, they didn't stop the match, but they stopped Edge, which got people booing. Is this going to be another Seth Rollins versus The Fiend? You're stopping it. You know, it's a hardcore rules. You know, you can't no DQ and all this here. It's like, no, this is a situation where we need to pay attention to the health and safety of the individuals in this ring. There might not be a red cage, but if you don't want it to be a red cage, you may let this man stop for a blood stoppage. Okay? He needed those staples. I personally, this is why I'm not a wrestler, would have been like, nah, bruh, I've just got like, you know, my skull split open. I need to go to my local medical facility. So, you know, go away and do one. That would have got some booze. But the fact that this man took the staples, took the, the numbing agent, and they stood, they, they sat there. Like, I think they kept the cage open, and they just kind of left that side of the ring, like Edge and Balor, this is just left that side of the ring, because the, the medical people were there just in case he busted open again. Like, we're not running around this cage to get in again, so we're going to wait here. And then... Some gnarly bumps, yeah, like you said, the weapons, absolutely amazing uh, use of weapons and uh, Edge getting crushed by the table. I thought it was great. And then um, the uh, 
to the end of the match, which I thought was an amazing bump by Finn as well, where he goes to do the coup de grace off the top rope, which oh, he does it, and he goes, no, and jumps onto the cage, climbs up the cage, the little pedestal, they had a little pedestal, obviously a plant spot, love to see it, and he jumps through the table from about, what's that, 15 feet in the air onto this table, through the table which Edge just rolled off of. I don't know who got the worst of that, because if Edge had a take in that, that would have been bad. But Finn just went straight through the table. That looked like it hurt. And then, obviously, the, the end of the match came soon after. It was some really big spots, and Edge is now only one of three people Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and himself, we have beaten the Demon. I'm not going to count Roman Reigns because that was some shenanigans, so he's one of only two people who have had a decent match with the Demon that have beaten the Demon. Because Roman Reigns had shenanigans and there's no way in heck any other match would have a top turnbuckle collapse like that, so I see what you're doing. Anyway, it's a good match. Another one that over-delivered on a sort of build that I was maybe not really caring about anymore because this had gone on for a while. Yeah, the medical team did a really good job and kudos to Finn for sticking it out and being able to continue. The, the point in question, folks were a little hesitant. The, they kept the camera onto Edge himself, and he was going to go around and put out some plunder with some tables and, and kendo sticks and things of such. So giving, obviously, Finn and the medical team a little bit of time. But yeah, I, I get folks were a little concerned. I think the booing was a little bit premature. Obviously, he ended up continuing the match. But yeah, all around, just giving these guys flowers. And they put on a solid match, and yeah, it's just... Edge going over the uh, the demon there, so super interesting there. Uh, I was kind of joking in the build. I was like, uh, kind of who's gonna who's gonna win? Regardless, I was like, are we end up still gonna see these guys fight Edge versus the Judgment Day going forward after Mania? I think we're safe enough to say that it's it's now over, but but. Finn might wake up with a headache and be like, I want a rematch. <laughs> so we might we might yet see Judgment Day versus Edge. Um considering Edge has stated a couple of people he wants to fight against. The life of me, I can't remember right now who they were. But in saying that, I I don't know where you would utilize Edge going forward. But I just know that Finn, being one of the two people of the Judgment Day that had uh, that had losing efforts, probably going to have to take some time out of the ring with the the giant gash on his forehead uh, while that recuperates. But he can still he can still maintain his position as part of uh, as part of Judgment Day and and see follow uh, Mommy into her sort of. Endeavors as champ. Yeah, we'll kind of see. We obviously with Rhea winning the SmackDown Championship, do they 
Do the Judgment Day move to SmackDown? Do they essentially just make guest spots on there? We'll kind of see how things play out. So, yeah, but I agree. Give uh, give Finn a little bit of time away from the, the ring. Maybe he just accompanies the guys and does promos and things and such. But, yeah, just give him a little time to uh, heal that injury. Hmm. All right, next matchup here. Main event of night one. The Usos taking on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the undisputed tag team championship. Oh, hot dang. This was a lot of hotly contested to see what was going to be the main event of night one. But in all fairness, uh, no politics coming into it. This was one of the matches themselves that had the longest and probably most richest story build on for all of the players involved. So I was not mad that this main evented night one of WrestleMania and these guys delivered. This was another one, and you heard us talk about it before, leaving it all in the ring, going hell-bent for leather, all the cliches, but this one was just four guys just going at it and, and wanting to put on a show, and fair to say that they did deliver. 100%. And to my earlier point of, you know, people complaining about how there was so many super kicks, it's almost as if three of the four guys have their special move, if you want to use the 2K terms, as a super kick. KO uses a super kick. Jay and Jimmy use super kicks. If you didn't want super kicks, maybe don't cheer for the guys who use super kicks. This is like their bread and butter. It's going to happen. Oh, and by the way, did I mention that Sami Zayn's finisher is the Haluva kick, which is just a different kind of super kick? Like, come on! How did you not see this coming? And like, I saw people complaining about the amount of super kicks in this match. It's like, what? What have I got to tell you? <laughs> like, in the Charlotte and Rhea match, we're going to see two girls, two women rather, utilize absolute strength and athleticism and beat the tar out of each other. In this match, we're going to see four guys beat the snot out of each other because they're all brawlers and they're all going to want to just do all that stuff and then kick and kick and the stereo kicks and the kick and the kick and the kick because that's what they do. I think the best part of this entire match, though, was the 1D to Sami Zayn. And he kicked out of it. And Michael Cole blessed that man. I have hated him, I have loved him, and I have hated him all over again, and I have loved him all over again. But Michael Cole losing his mind and watching him watch it on the screen and then running around and lose his mind at commentary saying nobody kicks out of the one day it's one and done that's what it's for and yeah i just i just i i love this match from a storytelling point of view um there was so many little little parts of it that was just like you said it was the longest running story bar none over both nights because it's always been about sammy and jay uso always been about those two guys and it's been about them since wrestlemania last year 
and we have had I'm not 100% sure about Sammy but in the two nights in the main events there's only two people to my recollection who haven't been on the pre-show having a match and that would be Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns everybody else has had a pre-show uh, a pre-show match like I said I'm not 100% sure about Sammy but like Usos being on the on the pre-show and now being main eventers like their stock has gone up this last year they were already top two all time in my personal opinion of tag teams uh, just because of the amazing feuds and stuff they've had over the years with the New Day uh, the revival as they used to be known uh, and you know plenty of others and just to see these guys have this absolute stonking match that just had brother versus brother and all of this fun stuff in it and the passion and the not giving up and there was those mentions like someone needs to stop this match because they're all too stubborn. You know, I think it was the same with the the the, the Sheamus Gunther and 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 Drew match the next night. These boys were exactly the same. They were too stubborn to give up and stop the match. It just eventually ended. A lot of close calls, the pinfalls that the two point nine 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 ad infinitum. It was ridiculous. So tough shots, super kicks, stunners, power bombs. But what I'm recollecting recollecting excuse me is the uh, the sort of ending sequence where they're just kind of going at it and then sammy gets that hot tag and of course it had to be sammy and jay at the end loads up takes three haluva kicks in the corner and then before after the second and third there the him just falling into sammy's arms and then finally boom after the last one pins it, that crowd reaction. Ooh, boy. I don't know if that mm. stadium actually has a roof. There's some thing on the top, but man, so much. The roof was coming off that place, and then the pyro, and then everything. There was a lot of discussion, like we mentioned earlier, about what was going to main event night one, taking nothing away from any of the other matches that happened there. But that ending sequence of Sammy and Kevin holding up the belts and the pyro and everything all together made it make sense. And I'm glad that it ended up being the main event match. And finally, Kevin and Sammy just getting a really great moment for paying off, especially for Sammy because he's just put in so much work this past year. I just feel like any match that followed that match would have been viewed as not good enough because it paid off in such huge storyline elements that anything that followed it even even if it was roman cody that followed it i honestly feel like i big cody mark i don't think i would have cared like because especially with how that match ended, I would have cared even less because we got the re resolution in the, the, the KO, Sami and Uso match. 
because it paid off a storyline. It just had too much writing on it to not be in the main event. And obviously, main event Jey Uso is not just uh, oh, you did one pay-per-view back in the day where you main evented with me because I'm Roman Reigns and all this here. So now he's main eventing with his brother at WrestleMania. The main event Usos are are amazing. So I thought it was a great match. Definitely deserved where uh, deserved to be where it was. And uh, yeah, the outcome. 100% deserved. Regardless of the outcome, I think these four guys just left it all in the ring and have elevated their stock, especially including main eventing a WrestleMania. This was the first time, although we've had a, although we've had a tag team matchup, the first WrestleMania was a tag team matchup to main event. It's the first time we had a championship match tag team wise main event, a WrestleMania. So, just mm-hmm. kudos to the guys and yeah, they just like I mentioned, they raised their stock and good on them. Hopefully continued success for all these guys going forward. Definitely. Hope to see it. All right, the last one we're gonna talk about here. The main event of main events. Roman Reigns taking on Cody Rhodes for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Cody because it's WrestleMania, got that Cody Vader elevate, uh, entrance, excuse me, coming out and just crazy visual in front of that, what, 70,000 some odd plus people. It was really good. Although I have to say the match before Ben, excuse me, Edge coming up through the entrance there and using the same elevator took a little bit of the luster away. That notwithstanding... We did get a Cody Vader at WrestleMania Joker. We got a Cody Vader and we got the Eagle Wing cloak. Are you kidding me? Did you see this man's cloak? It was so cool. Whoever decided to dress this man, you know, top-notch job. The wardrobe was freaking awesome. The whoa from the crowd gave me goosebumps we got two i think at least that i was paying attention to because i was just super excited for this entrance if uh if i could have been american i would have been you know you super american right then because it was just to me it was everything it was it was apple pie it was whatever else you guys say about being american and it was just a whole bunch of fun and he he is the top babyface in that company. And the reactions that he got that night were so polarizing that he is, and this is not hyperbole, he is the most improved superstar in terms of his ability to draw reactions from the crowd from his the beginning of his career to this point in his career now if you take from the start of his career uh whether he was you know the the dashing cody Rhodes or whatever you know part of 
part of the, the stable with Rondo or nor he was stardust or whatever. He was forgettable. He goes away to the Indies. He makes himself, you know, from undesirable to undeniable, that whole shtick. And then the second WrestleMania, where he has a huge crowd attending him, he knocks it out of the park with this entrance. He's main eventing his first WrestleMania. And you just look at it as I was super happy and proud that this guy got to where he wanted to be despite where he started. And yeah, like the the edge, the edge brood brood vader, uh that kind of sucked the wind out of the Cody Vader. Um sort of uh didn't diminish it for me. I, I still really enjoyed it because we still had that crowd shot and then you saw Cody come up and yes, Cody Vader's here. Ten out of ten entrance for me in terms of best entrance of the night. Um maybe maybe Romans is a close second for me. That was one of those that you get that shot of him rising up and sort of the crowd in the background. That's going to be in video packages for quite a while, so I can kind of see and tell what they did there. But yeah, really, really great entrance there. Nice little touch, sitting behind the commentators, the adage of giving away his weight belt, and gave it to Brody Lee Jr. Good old negative one, yep. The crossover that we didn't know we needed, but we got anyway. Yeah, so that was a nice little touch right there. And then we get, obviously, Roman's entrance, just nice and simple, but just breathing it all in. And then we get into the match right, right from the opening. The bell rings, and these guys just stare at each other and, and take it in and just kind of taking in the moment. So I thought it was a really, actually, just a really nice touch before they got into the action. Yeah, it wasn't on the sort of level of the... Rumble match with Sammy. I don't think there was there was still a couple of minutes shy of that four and a half five minutes before they touched. But Roman's entrance being simple was still exceedingly long because I think someone timed it and said it was about seven minutes and forty seconds ish before he got into the ring. So love to see the simple the the ostentatious sort of pageantry from Cody to the simplicity. Of the of Romans into the very start of the match where you had uh, Samantha Irving, her best performance of the night. Like normally, and the, the, I I was I was sitting thinking I actually watched the introduction like two or three times because I I just loved the way he did it. Paul Heyman stood in the corner. A man notorious, if you go back in time, for taking the microphone off and saying, my name is Paul Heyman, yada, 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 Brock Lesnar, or Roman Reigns. And he was just stood in the corner, and he was mouthing along with Samantha as she did the most amazing introduction for Roman Reigns. Just You heard the crowd, and you just watched him, and he just looked, he just looked so happy. And you can see the energy she was putting into it. And for me personally, ever since Gunther started on SmackDown, 
she has gotten better. She being Samantha, sorry, has gotten better and better and better on every single one of her announcements. And that, for me, was the most amazing way to start this match. Not like any pomp and circumstance before, but just her one announcement of who they were. Um, it was just so good. Kudos to her. Yeah, she's been knocking out of the park. Agreed. Just really strong. She's coming down to her own and yeah, just makes the gives a, gives it socks and gives the entrances and the ring announcing just a little bit extra. So yeah, folks seem to really enjoy it and she did a really great job, I agree. Yeah, as we go through the match a little bit, uh they're staying relatively even. We get a little bit of interference from Solo with the chair shot and Further on down the line, we get uh, Double Down, and then obviously the Usos kind of come into play, but then are neutralized by KO and Sammy. And then towards the end, man, we get uh, sort of a go-home sequence. We end up getting a couple of those crossroads. I think it's uh, two, and then I, I think it's Corey Graves stands up, and you get him at sort of the corner of the shot, and he's like, you know, do it, you know, finish the story, send a third, hits the third crossroads, and Roman Reigns kicks out. Oh no. He hits one crossroads and Roman Reigns kicks Excuse out. Excuse me. Yeah. He does he does the tri he goes for the triple. He does the one, he does the two, and then interference. Yeah, that's what it was. Excuse me. Yeah. So does not those three crossroads at that moment does not seal the deal. So that was uh that was certainly Ooh boy. If that was going to be a moment. Mm -hmm. If he hit that third crossroads, he hit the cross. So, he, like, yeah, we, we, we did the whole interference from the boys. You know, the, the brothers came in, had their spat. Uh, Cody took the 1D. Roman took the Huluva kick and the, uh, and I believe he took the stunner. Um, and Cody just kind of crawls over. Doesn't get the pin off of that interference. That would be that would be the heel move, but he got he got the two, I think. And you, we, like, okay, okay, okay. In my head, I'm sitting here going, "There's two options, right?" Solo comes down and interferes. Roman gets the win. I'm okay with that. Second option is Solo comes down, interferes. But Randy Orton somehow makes an appearance and fucking RKO's solo. And then, you know, there's some more shenanigans. Cody gets the win, and I'm perfectly happy with that. We went for option C, which was let's make everybody involved look stupid. Where we had the first crossroads, the second crossroads, and then someone spiked. And then a spear. Cody's already kicked out of a spear. He's kicked out of the Superman punch. He's kicked out of a lot of Roman stuff. So the only difference here is a Samoan spike. From a guy who lost clean, Cody Rhodes, two nights before. Yeah, no. This, 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 in, this is not how you do interference. Okay, what should have happened is 
Solo pushes Cody into the ref, knocking the ref down, stopping the third crossroads, putting Roman on the ground, attacking Cody out of the view of the, the ref, because don't forget, Solo got chucked out because of his interference earlier. Simone Spike, hip attack, set up for the Superman punch into the spear, double team attacks. Paul Heyman helps up the ref. I think it was Dan Engler was the, was the ref in this match. Helps up the ref as Solo kind of slinks away, hides. Roman crawls over one, two, three, really slow count. You know, there we go. I am not mad there was interference. I am not mad that Roman retains. I am mad that it was one Jeff and Samoan Spike difference that made Roman able to beat Cody. When we just watched Roman kick out of a single crossroads after things like the bionic elbow, a little bit of the rope-a-dope, the razzle-dazzle, the old dusty offense. But no. Moan Spike. Samoan Spike has always been devastating move. Oh no, it has. Don't get me wrong. However, it looked crap. <laughs> it looked crap, PT. I'm sorry. It just... The execution was not there for me. This took away from Cody and from Roman. But then again, Roman hasn't been pinned since 2019, also hasn't won clean since 2019, so there's that. The, the, the sort of fallout from this, though, if I can, you know, talk metrics that we were talking about earlier on, that I would get onto the numbers. Everybody's like, oh, he has to hit the thousand days. Okay. So we're going to wait for 600 more days? Because Roman's only been undisputed champ for 366 days at time of recording. He unified the belts last year. The thousand days only pertains to the universal blue belt that he holds. Why didn't we just split the belts? Why didn't we just get rid of the two belts off the one person earlier so that Roman could have a 1,000-day reign and we could introduce that which Joker loves to every single one of his matches? Doubt. If there is no doubt, the match sucks. With the 1,000-day reign looming over our heads, there wasn't really a doubt, which is why I'm safe in saying my team lost, and I understand why they lost. Because you can't beat the metric of a thousand days just by being the top babyface in the company. It's sad, but that's the way it exists. It shouldn't be like that, because I personally do not care for streaks. But people like Triple H do. And he even used Cody's words against him. It's like, we're in the business of telling stories. We're not finishing the story. We finished the chapter. I like your use of semantics, Triple H. It's technically right, which is the best kind of being right. You're technically correct here. I love it. I absolutely love to see that he is still that 
Grin having heel at heart. This was a fumble in terms of execution of the interference. And because of that, everybody I see on Twitter, with the exception of maybe a couple of people, are just like, this was the moment for Cody. Even if he gets his rematch and wins later on, it's not, it's not as big a moment. This is where it crescendoed. And now you have fumbled the ball. That's just the way it is. With Roman winning at Mania, there was discussion. Obviously, folks were a little deflated because folks were betting the house, betting the farm, betting the car payment, betting everything, their entire life savings, that Cody was coming away with the championship. And there was the conjecture on Twitter that if there was ever a time that you had naturally two super hot white meat baby faces in Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes that crescendoed a month apart from each other, their stories to, to win championships, their first world championships in WWE. If you, you had Roman win at Elimination Chamber, so you, you saved, you saved, quote unquote, you saved the win for Cody at Mania. Now we took that win away from Cody for, you know, insert all the pieces, including Hunter's justifications and kind of explanations in the press conference as such. So it's one of those, to your point, how you had all the the kind of stories leading into the the hotness and, and the growth and the peace to those moments. So you took the moment away from Sammy. You took the moment away from Cody. There is a bit of degree of a letdown. Then you have to kind of build that story back up because if Roman at backlash next month loses it to, you know, Baron Corbin, the last person to beat him, then it doesn't feel as good as the, all the story of the build to a Sammy, to a Cody, for example, and it's sort of the payoff to those little bits of the story. So I cannot, I can understand folks sort of disappointment in that it, it made for a nice sort of storybook ending to that but as we see roman comes away with the championship and is going to continue his reign which is just one of those things that you look at and you go mm, no and the thing is if the metric is true roman can't have a match at backlash because that's not a thousand days so, if they put Roman into a match with anybody for Backlash, even if it's Cody, if it's Cody again, it's even worse. Because he loses twice for the same Jeff Jarrett reason. It's not a thousand days. The earliest that we can see anybody beat him is SummerSlam. Looks like we got some time to wait if Papa H likes him some history and such. Um, Roman Reigns is going to be in this for quite a while. Bruno San Martino's seven-year-long reign. Roman's got a little bit of time to catch up with that, so probably got at least another four-plus years of Roman as champion until we can beat that mark by Bruno and 
yeah, maybe at uh, WrestleMania 50, Odie finally claws his way back up and could potentially get that rematch against Roman and finally beat him. I don't know. No. Stop trying to will that into the world, PT. You have been trying to convince me that this is the thing now for a while. We do not live in the world of Bruno Sammartino anymore. No. This should have been the end. And you know what should be the end? The end of the double titles. Because, like I said, 366 days as undisputed champion. No more. No less. We've got to wait a long time. None of this 945-day BS. If you want to talk 945 days, split the title. This is what Joker says. Split the title. Having two titles on one person is just as infuriating as interim champion. So a lot of takeaways from Mania. Some folks enjoyed the wins. Some folks did not enjoy who win other matches. But we have we have new champions. We have re- retentions, and we have a lot of sort of controversy and kind of meandering feelings coming out of this WrestleMania. So those were our kind of thoughts on some of the matches there. Uh, quite interesting for sure. Before we end the segment, I had a little bit of a rapid fire question sequence for you, Joker. Uh, I was just, just some really quick questions regarding WrestleMania. Nothing too crazy. Feel free to play along at home if you're listening and or watching. So first thing to kind of pop up in your mind when you hear the question. All right, here we go. First one here, match you looked forward to the most. Sami Zayn on KO versus Jesus. The least interesting match. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley in terms of build. And the least interesting was probably John Cena versus uh, Austin Theory. Best entrance and attire. Rey Mysterio. Fair play. Most shocking moment. Chad Gable uh, suplexing Braun Strowman. I'm not mad at that. Who raised their stock at WrestleMania for you? Oh dear. I've got a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, it can be more than one. That's fine. Okay, we've got we'll, we'll Chad Gable for one, raise it even more. Um Dawkins with his tackle on <coughs> Prom Strowman, the demon, Finn Balor, because you know, even more amazing. And um Ray Ripley, because she's just absolutely amazing. All right, two more real quick. One thing you would change. Cody Rhodes to win the undisputed titles. And this is a bit of a soft one, softball one for the last one here. Which night was better? Night one. Fair play. All right, so those were our thoughts, ideas, and answers to WrestleMania 39. Feel free to let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube. Or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and let us know what your thoughts were on the good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania 
39. All right, my brother. 39, WrestleMania 2023 in the books. How was that for you, man? Because that was pretty, uh, pretty long and interesting show that we had to watch over this weekend. So, what are your th- what were your final yeah. thoughts here? I, you're thinking of your questions like as well. I have like more answers now starting to form in my head. Um, and it, yeah, like there, there could have been so many better ways for this pay per view, this premium live event, live event. Uh, to sort of knock it out of the park. Um, there was definite low spots, definite high spots. I thought it was super fun, but by no means was it, you know, the best WrestleMania, I don't think. Um, and it's not because Cody Rhodes didn't win, so Joker hates Hitler. No, it's because Dom Dom didn't win, so Joker hates it, you know. Finn Balor didn't win. Big Judgment Day mark as well. Don't know if I've ever told you that. Um, no, there, there was just there was just a lot of stuff that I would have changed, maybe in terms of match layout and uh, who got matches. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't the strongest, but it was still a lot of fun, and I enjoyed certain aspects of it, and I. I'm looking forward to Raw after WrestleMania tonight because obviously we're recording on a Monday for once because we had an awful lot to watch over the weekend. Um, Yeah, it's just been one of those that I'm looking forward to that to see. Now, where in 2023 do we start? Yeah, it's a fair play. If we look at WrestleMania as a whole, obviously it's the the two nights together and just kind of look at it as as a big block of wrestling. It was a decent show. Obviously, you're going to have, like we mentioned, some of the, ma- the tag team matchup, the world championship matchup, that folks are a little bit more sort of invested because of the players and because of the story. There were some one matches that were a little bit of a letdown just randomly, and it takes nothing away from the, the men's tag team showcase match. But it was just a match where they, they announced these four teams are going to fight. So, there, you know, there wasn't build. Those guys really gave it socks, so they put on a fun performance. But so yeah, there was some that were just a little bit of a letdown. Some that were folks were really into. Some of the outcomes maybe le- lived down to expectations for a few folks. But to be fair, overall it was a it was a decent decent showing, and you know WWE is looking good coming out of this WrestleMania, regardless. So they hear murmurings. Actually, at the time of recording, that Endeavor has gone ahead and purchased the WWE. So that was a bit of a breaking news moment sort of earlier in this morning slash earlier in the day when we're recording. But yeah, should be uh, should be interesting kind of going forward over these next couple weeks and months and then potentially year how things stay the same or change a little bit. Yeah. There was a, an interview on CNBC, I believe, regarding uh, regarding that um, a little bit before we went live. Uh, I, I caught the tail end of what was what was being talked about, and uh, I, I, I hope I hope that creative stays the way it is, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Much like coming out of a WrestleMania, it's the sort of end of their 
WWE's season if you're kind of into shows and things of such. So uh, yeah, it's a pivot point where we go from here. We start new storylines. We kind of go forward. So interesting and dynamic point for WWE ending WrestleMania and then having new owner, new kind of leadership, things going forward. This will be an interesting moment in sort of its history of where we go next both in creative and for the company so it should be an interesting ride that we're going to go on for wwe yeah definitely will be interesting to see bobby lashley become the undisputed ufc wwe on universal uh heavyweight champion of the universe in both in both mixed martial arts slash sports entertainment whatever category they want to put him in I don't know about you, but I'm stoked for the Brawl for All 2, presumably no. coming back. No, no, no. It's a hard pass. All right. Just no. Just no. Each their own. All right, that's going to do it for us. So, for TF Joker. LA Knight, I missed you, buddy. Fair play. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time, letting us be a part of your day, and remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.